0: back to home design chat with Nancy. We're all about your home, your kitchens, your baths, your tile, and everything else having to do with your home. You name it, and we chat about it. And now on with our show. Well, today is May 19th, and as you know, if you're a listener, and I hope you are, uh, we catalog everything by the date. So if you want to refer to older ones, just look up the date on either um, Anchor or any of the other platforms that you use well we have a special guest today well jan is not so special because she has probably done four or five podcasts and she's terrific jan rutgers is the founder of vestibule school of design and jan lives in canada so jan welcome back
1: well, thank you, Nancy. Um, great to be here. Um, as you know, I love to talk about this um, subject. And, um, you know, I think today's topic is going to be great because we're going to be talking about trends to avoid in um, in kitchen design. And why I think it is so timely is that um, homeowners and, and consumers you know, have been... Um, Pretty much in lockdown in the last 18 months in their homes, and and it's made them take a real critical look at uh, what what's happening in in their own in their own homes. So, looking at renovating your kitchen, which um, statistically they're saying uh, that well, it's going to be up about 20 25 percent this year over the last couple of years, means this is the time to really look at uh, what is going to be the best the best value for you when it comes to renovating. Mm-hmm kitchen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think because of the lockdown, people have spent so much time more than usual in their homes and especially in their kitchens. They're starting to be critical of the things that they have. And also there's so many articles about trends, about what they should do, what they shouldn't do. So this is really a good time and it's a good time for this podcast. Um, I noticed that uh, a lot of people look at the trends and they put a lot of emphasis on that. Oh, well, this is the end thing to do. This is what I should do. Well, today, Jan and I are going to tell you how we feel about those trends. So the first one we're going to attack is the dark painted cabinetry. Uh, you know, I'm seeing, first of all, some, some articles are saying Everybody should paint their kitchen cabinets green or maybe blue <laughs> or black. <laughs> everybody's Yeah, everybody's going to have these very dark cabinets. And we find that there's a lot of pitfalls with dark cabinets, right Jan?
1: You know, absolutely. And um, to kind of step back where you know where a lot of the kitchen designs t- Trends come from uh, is the European market. It, it uh, there's a really really big design show that happens in in Milan every two years. Uh, I was fortunate enough to go to the last one they had, which was 2018, and this is where that wow. dark that was trend. the last one. Yes, it was. I, you know, that I was keep, the
0: last one. Wow.
1: Yeah, I keep watching. I, I really wanted uh, to go again this year. They they were thinking about maybe September of um, 20. 2021, but I think it's going to get pushed out to um, spring of 2022 again. But you know, it's it's a phenomenal show. I go um, whenever I can, not every year, of course, but th- that's where these trends start. And you know, just to give consumers a little bit of background that that the design industry is like the fashion industry. It does always have to be moving forward and there has to be new things coming on, you know, just to keep um, the designers interested, you know, keep the magazines employed, etc. And this dark- And also trend... keep the economy going. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, this dark trend was massive at, um, it's called Euro Kachina mm-hmm. in 2018. And mm-hmm. it was interesting because I had been to that show eight years prior and and it was the total opposite. Everything was white um, in uh, 2010. It, it was everything was white. 2018, everything was dark. So you know it gets picked up. There's massive amounts of media that's there. There's over 300,000 people come to Milan to go to this design show. So you can see that it all of all of a sudden these dark painted cabinets become really trendy because that's all you're seeing on Pinterest. Um, you know for you know for the six months so that's where it comes from but i think you know nancy you know you've got some opinions on the dark cabinets as do i and uh, what do you what's your thought on them
0: well, first of all, if you're not a green person, forget it. I do like navy blue, but when you paint your cabinets, it shows every ding, every bump, every scratch. And especially if you're it or a lot of people, and I'm seeing this online, oh, this 10 ways on how you can paint your own cabinets. Um, right now in the Phoenix market, every house that's for sale, somebody has gone over there and painted their cabinets. Now, there's a good way and a bad way to do this, and I'm noticing that they leave the doors on and they spray paint over the hinges and they spray the doors and the inside. Everything looks pristine for probably the first week, but if you're using your kitchen and if you're going to want to paint your cabinets, number one, there are cabinets that could be painted and cabinets that shouldn't be painted. But if you do decide maybe you just want to do a certain area, maybe the island go ahead and painted green. If you don't like the green anymore, you can redo it. But doing the whole kitchen in a painted cabinet that would be, um, I guess, a navy blue or a very dark brown or a uh, green, I think it would be boring. And I think not only that, you're setting up for a trend that's going to fail. It's going to be trendy. It's not going to last for a long time,
1: Right. You're you're absolutely right, and and I think that's with everything. That you know, the kitchen you know isn't a, a space that sits on its own in a home anymore. It, it's part you know, typically it is part of the great room, and um, you should decorate it to blend with with the rest of the scheme that uh, you've got going on in the rest of the house. So you know, if you know if you do have a lot of dark furnishings, and you know that is your decorating style, it's probably going to it would be much better for you to choose a dark stained cabinet if you're uh, purchasing new mm-hmm. over a painted one. You know, just like what you were saying, Nancy, that painted finishes because the paint sits on the surface of the door, whereas the stain will permeate into the door, the stain is going to be much more durable. And things really um, you know, will show when a when a dark painted kitchen cabinet starts getting chipped um you know it's, it's going to mean right. and a
0: stained cabinet i'm sorry and a stained cabinet can be touched up much easier than a painted one
1: yes uh yeah that's that's so true you know and i think then also so talking yes yeah, so go ahead nancy mm-hmm.
0: i was going to say i really think that a lot of these articles that i'm reading are written for something to fill up their space in their magazine <laughs> or a lot of the writers aren't designers. They're just going with the flow. Um, a lot of this stuff doesn't make sense. We're going to go over a couple of things that we have said in prior podcasts. These are not good things. These are not things that you really want to do. Um, so before I go
1: to the next one, what did, what did you want to say? Well, I'm just, you know, I'm just saying that, um, you know, choosing your finish on your cabinet tree is a, um, is a very important pro- a part of the process. And uh, you really do want to talk, if you're purchasing new cabinet tree, you do, really do want to talk with your kitchen designer about these things that we're talking about. Like how durable is, is the paint if I go that dark route? Um, you know, we, Nancy and I are, are experienced kitchen designers. You know, we know that a stained cabinet is going to be better. But, but you also want to think of the, the overall look. Look, you know, again when when I was when I was in Milan um, a few years ago and went to all of the beautiful high end showrooms in um, in the city, all of the cabinetry in there too. It was dark, dark, dark. And I've got to laugh that I actually took my iPhone and put the the flashlight on while I was walking through some of these kitchens, and it ju- and I just started thinking, who would want to work in a kitchen that had black cabinets, black countertops, dark? Backsplash, you know, and dark floor like that—it's it would be so draining. It would, um, you know, it would just be something that would not be pleasant to work in long term. So you really got to think about it. Are, are you are you um, purchasing a new kitchen as a design statement or something you want to work in?
0: Yeah, let's be functional and practical. Mm-hmm. Well, the next thing would be the monochromatic look. Now. In this article, it says that white is still in. And, you know, we've said this before, Jan. White is always going to be in. It's not going anywhere. What you do with the white is your personality. Uh, Maybe you add a backsplash or a different countertop. Um, Maybe you paint the walls. But white is, for me, white is your best bet. It's not going away. So I say that is a trend that will be with us for the rest of our lives
1: yeah that's so, that's you so true that's so true yeah i think that's really yeah. you're, you're so true uh, you know i think back when i started my career you know to, over 25 years ago the white kitchen was really popular so we're in the 90s and uh you know there were mistakes being made back then too it the white kitchen back in the 90s was very glossy and very clinical so you would have white glossy f- floor tiles you'd have white glossy countertops you'd have you know white glossy cabinets and uh, you know even though white was a classic color in in some of those cases the uh, kind of flavor of the month white just wasn't working and i think this is what's happening today as well that the the best yeah. The best white kitchens really need to have texture, they really need to be layered, they need to have some type of detail that doesn't make them clinical. And what you had mentioned earlier, you need to do something within that white kitchen to give it some personality, or it's just going to be this glaring uh, space in in the corner of your great room.
0: Yeah. Talk about the 90s when, um, and I didn't start designing kitchens much, that much before you, a couple of years before. And after the white kitchen got to be so, um, it looked like an operating room, too antiseptic, then somebody got the bright idea well, let's add black to it, very hard <laughs> contrast. So they would have black countertops and then the famous black and white checkerboard floor. Remember that? Yes. <laughs> That was overdone. And that didn't last long. I'm glad it didn't. But, you know, moving to today, you can change your backsplash, you know, if down the road, keep your cabinets, and you just want a whole new look. I mean, it's it's, uh, especially if you're very handy. You can change the backsplash uh, to be a little more today. You can use large format tiles um, or your walls. And that's the first thing we would suggest because it's a low cost item. Color your walls, make it a, a uh, bring out your favorite color, maybe something that's uh, contrasting or going along with your great room. Uh, even if you paint the walls there, paint the walls green if you like it. Um, but you can always change it. So much easier to change the walls than to change the cabinets, right?
1: Exactly. And something that, that I also like to uh, suggest to clients if they're looking to update is to change the hardware on the cabinets. It, you know, we've talked about this before. Hardware is like the jewelry. And it really can be a very cost-effective update. If you were to go into a... Um, an all-white kitchen and change out all of the decorative hardware and maybe the the sink and um, pendants over the island in a a a trending you know finish like we were doing we've been doing a lot of matte black lately we've seen we've seen some of the brushed golds like that can really really update that um, white kitchen very quickly One of the
0: trends, and we're not saying to get rid of this trend because I like it, is to mix metals. So if you have a stainless steel range or wall ovens, you can still go with a different texture or a different finish on your hardware. Like Jan said, change the hardware. Maybe you go with a brushed gold or uh, something a little bit different to make the whole kitchen look a little bit different, not everything be so white, white, white. I agree. So I think we've uh, we've um, beat that horse. <laughs> okay. Oh, now I'm gonna. I mean, I looked at this list that somebody had put together, and they said uh, kitchen desks are out. Well, totally, I agree. But I haven't done a kitchen desk in probably 15 years. What
1: do you think? Have you done that lately? No, I haven't. I haven't done a traditional desk for years and years. Uh, But you know, it's going to be interesting to watch. I've been thinking about the, uh, you know, the pandemic and and, uh, so many of us working from home and trying to find spaces. And I've been talking to some of my own clients. I I do a lot of coaching with with kitchen designers. And uh, we've been talking about this. And the the traditional kitchen desk and you at the end of the cabinet run, you know, drop down, you know, with, uh, you know, a, a, a little a little drawer or something like that. Yeah, I agree. That's going to go by the wayside. But maybe we're going to start seeing people working at the kitchen island. I know that um, in the last year, every kitchen island that I have designed with a uh uh, dining bar, you know, coming off of it. I've an, I've uh, specified a plug with a USB underneath it for charging uh, devices mm-hmm. because people are working yeah. at it. Yeah. But yeah, you know, you're, you know, and I think that I, you know, I have. Just like you've said, Nancy, I have not had a request for a traditional uh, kitchen desk for many, many years. That's, that's That has moved to the home office. We've been doing a lot of home offices. And, um, you know, putting that desk in the kitchen just, just becomes a, a place for clutter. You know, that it becomes a dumping ground.
0: I think it was a builder who decided on this. I used to uh, work with this builder, and he did... Uh, huge McMansions, and every kitchen had a desk, and it was always at the far end of the kitchen, and it had the little uh, pigeonholes above the seating area, and mm-hmm. I think it was very sexist because they figured even though. Each house had a home office. This was for the mother of the house to keep her coupons and pay her bills, which was ridiculous. Right. (laughs) So now, um, yeah, and I used to tell people, you don't need this. What are you running General Motors from your kitchen? No, you don't need this desk. Let's turn it into a credenza, a service area. But now what I'm seeing, and I just did it um, in my last kitchen that I designed, is is a seating area in the run. Um, it was to the left of the sink. who was not at the very end of the run, but it was the same level. So you could sit there and chop onions, or you could sit there and be on your laptop. It's a multi-purpose seating area in the kitchen. And that could be anywhere, but not specifying it as the work desk. So I think that's going to be more popular. That goes along with what you were talking about.
1: Yeah, I agree. Definitely. Uh,
0: Hopefully we can get rid of the bulky soffits that we see in a lot of houses. I don't know if you see that in Canada, but every house was built with uh, a soffit drop down 12 inches on an eight foot. uh, Typically it was an eight foot ceiling and they would put a soffit, a box above the cabinets. Now there was two reasons for that. One is they can get, Um, over the fact that, oh, we can can, uh, drop down the cost by using shorter cabinets. And so when you're going to remodel, usually every kitchen I go into has 30-inch high wall cabinets. But if we take out the soffit, 9 out of 10 times you can remove that box because it's useless. And you can go with 42-inch high cabinets in an 8 Foot ceiling. So um, I don't see anybody saying, no, I really need soffits over my cabinets. Um, Do they do that in Canada?
1: Oh, oh, absolutely. And it was a big, big trend um, in, the, in the last uh, half of this the, the, the century of building them in. And it used to drive me crazy because, um, you know, right at that same time when, the, when soffits were still being uh, built into kitchens and we as kitchen designers were starting to get more creative with angled upper cabinets and deeper refrigerator cabinets, you know, it really became a, uh, a lot of extra work. On site to to actually build mm-hmm. these soffits to echo the line of the cabinetry. So great to get rid of them. Uh, there will be some cases, though, especially in a remodel. Um, I, ha- I actually had one not too long ago. I was helping a designer that ran into that that there was a bulkhead. Or a soffit or a drop, or some of the different names running above the sink mm-hmm. wall. And it couldn't be removed. It was, it actually, in that case, there was a header um, support beam in it. And as you said, often there can be mechanical in there, like there can be plumbing for the upstairs bathroom or electrical. But in this case, we could not remove it. So I helped him come up with an idea on how to disguise it. So it, it was getting creative. Mm-hmm that we were taking all of the cabinetry up to the ceiling on the other two walls, except for on this soffit. And we kind of came up with some ways of disguising it and, um, you know, covering it up with with cabinetry because it is, it's really is a dated look. And um, the best advice that we can do is remove them if you can. And if you can't get creative on how you integrate them into the kitchen. Mm-hmm.
0: The best way to get creative is to contact a kitchen designer, and this is what we do. Jan and I have been doing this so long, and if you're doing it yourself and you think, well, I don't want any help. I can do this myself. Nine out of ten times, somebody's going to walk into your kitchen and go, did you do this yourself? Yeah, you really can. Even if you just consult with us, get, get our professional opinions on things to make your kitchen look aesthetically pleasing and more functional. So that's my commercial
1: for us, right, Jan? Absolutely, and and it is so true. And it was interesting. It was interesting with this um, this project I was working on with that drop. It there was another kitchen designer, and it was the two of us um, collaborating to come up with a really creative solution. And the and the consumer loved it. And she, nobody um, had come up with with that idea on how to um, integrate it. So yeah. Please please uh, contact your local uh, kitchen designer.
0: Yeah, and namely Jan or myself. Um, <laughs> let's talk about uh, everybody's going for granite. They've been doing this for the past 10 or 15 years. Uh, years ago. Well, up until recently, it was always the speckled granite. Unless occasionally I ran into somebody who really liked the movement. And at that point, if you like a lot of movement in your granite, uh, don't have movement on your flooring. Don't pick a busy backsplash. Make that your focal point. Um, and most people, and I've seen this in model homes too, they'll get the busy granite and they'll put the backsplash that has nothing to do with the busy granite. And it just looks like a um, Mess, a montage of mess. Mm-hmm. So the speckled granite has finally taken a walk, and more and more people are using engineered stone or quartz, or even quartzite, um, where it's a more uh, clear look, an unbusy look, a lighter look, and then you can do whatever you want with your backsplash. But I think the the year the granite is gone, uh, speckled granite is out.
1: Uh, I, I couldn't. I, I couldn't agree. in Canada? Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more with you. What? Um, so, just a, a little bit of background. Uh, because I am on the the west coast, out of Vancouver, and Vancouver is a port city. We do we were we were receiving granites as early as the 80s for countertops and um there they yeah there were a lot of the speckled granites and so throughout the 80s and the 90s a lot of speckled granite went in and it was interesting as i watched um and spoke with designers all across north america you would you would you had the trends being a little bit later it might be a year later five years later and in some cases 10 years later just because of the availability of these these um these countertops to get to different locations around North America but you're absolutely right that speckled granite has um, gone by the wayside but I'm seeing a new trend because again um, the quartz countertops and it was silestone was the first one to come into um, into western Canada and that was you know, probably around 2000. Since then, mm-hmm. I'm now starting to hear designers are getting tired of quartz, and I have some of them back, myself included, specifying really interesting granites as a focal point, but just what you mentioned, um, mm-hmm. uh, Nancy, that uh, doing... Yes, a... and, and I did
0: that. <laughs> uh, I did that in a kitchen, but the kitchen was all white, and the granite on the island actually uh, came from Italy. And we, we bought it based on pictures that the uh, supplier who is in Verona, Italy, sent us. And we said, yes, that's perfect. That's what we want. We could afford to go with this crazy, busy, gorgeous blue granite. It was actually quartzite." Uh, Because we set up a whole kitchen for that to be the focal point. So Mm -hmm. if you're going to spend a lot of money on a gorgeous piece of stone, uh, you might as well uh, kind of stage it so that when you walk in the room, that's your focal point. Your eye isn't going all over the kitchen because you've got busyness going on all over. So I I agree with you.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and it's true that... yeah, when you start looking at at kitchens, you know, over the last 20 years, um, that is something that really jumps out those speckled granites as being something that that really does date the the look and um, you know, is, I, I think there's going to be a shift though. I, I am going to say that I think there's going to be a shift in countertops in the next couple of years because we've we've been seeing quartz, you know, for the last 10-15 years really strong and you even you even start to see it in some of the quartz, the new quartz counters that are coming out They're are really strongly patterned, almost echoing those mm-hmm. real waved granite. So, you know, I don't know what's going to be next, uh, but I'm interested to see what what our next big countertop trend is going to be.
0: Who knows? Well, the one thing that I will say about countertops is. I can't tell you the last time that I specified a bullnose edge, either one and a half, two, even three inches years ago was popular. People wanted the bigger, the better. Mm-hmm. And I'm not doing that anymore. We're seeing more of a simplistic edge, more of a drop down, squared off, or just a slight round on the top. I, uh, and I'm seeing some bevel, but very rarely. I think the clean look is in.
1: Yeah, clean and simple. The, I think that really, if clean you can, remember, yeah, remember that clean and simple. And you know, and another thing too, you'll you'll find that the countertop uh, manufacturers, you'll know, be it granite or quartz. They're, they're kind of coordinating the, the thickness of the products that's coming out. And again, in the day, we used to build up. We used to take granite and seam it together, and you would get this seam in the very front edge of the countertops to, to make that one-and-a-half-inch counter thickness that was so popular. But now uh, a lot of the product is available in a 3CM, which is about an inch and an eighth. And uh, it really keeping it square Gives it makes it more substantial. Soon as you, you did that big bullnose, and I think we were doing that in the '90s, and the early 2000s, mm-hmm. those bullnoses yeah. needed to be two or three inches thick. Otherwise, they look too uh, they look too small uh, in proportion to the rest of the room.
0: Yeah. You know, I used to have to draw this, but to explain to people that if you want a bullnose, what you have to do is take your buildup, or if you're using a 3CM, and then they route away the top and the bottom. So mm-hmm. it really is skinny looking. It's yes. very narrow looking. So when I've explained that to people, they said, oh, yeah, and you're paying more for a bullnose because there's more labor involved anyway. Um, you know what, we have used up a lot of time because I know that you're busy today, so I just (laughs) want to do another commercial. My two sponsors are both appliance manufacturers. Monogram is fantastic, and so is Thermador, and uh, I usually do their commercials separately, but uh, because we're short on time, this is going to be a co-commercial. Um, Thermador is a fantastic appliance, and they have come up with two uh, different looks, the masterpiece and the professional collection, depending on how you want your kitchen to look. But remember, Thermador is luxury that lasts, empowered by design and led by innovation. So I can go on and on about Thermador, but you can find out more by going on thermador.com. And then there's Monogram. Monogram is made in Louisville, Kentucky. I love saying that because I've been there so many times. I sort of have that Louisville um, speech, that uh, twang there. But they've introduced, again, two separate looks, the simple minimalist look and then the statement collection. Again, one is more uh, contemporary and the other one is more, I want to say, commercial or restaurant looking. And if you wanted to find out more about Monogram, You can go to monogram.com, and both of them are available at your dealers, so you just have to look it up. Most dealers are carrying both the Monogram and the Thermador um, products. So Jan... Do we have any last minute things to say before you uh, start your schedule?
1: <laughs> well, you know, I think you know, uh, talking about the appliances is just one last thing to talk about because it is something that I am constantly asked by uh, the designers that I work with and the clients that I work with. You know what? You know what's trending in appliance finishes? What should I, um, you know, what should I choose? And uh, you know, I think that uh, that when you're looking at appliances and the finishes you know you will read a lot oh stainless steel is out or this is in you, know, you really have to look at that product the same way you're going to look at your cabinetry. What's going to work best in the overall design of the space? And, um, you know, I think the other thing is to maybe temper some of the um, the strong colors that we're starting to see coming out in kitchen uh, kitchen appliances. You know, I love it as maybe a focal point. I, you know, I did a beautiful cobalt blue range for a client um, not too long ago ago but I wouldn't recommend all of the appliances being done in that color that um, you know I think it, it, it there is there something is a manufacturer. We
0: <laughs> yeah there is a manufacturer that pushes the fact that they have 500 colors and you can do your refrigerator your range your hood and your dishwasher in orange or <laughs> in uh, oh chartreuse or even a pattern but think about it you're going to spend a lot of money And you're going to get tired of that in a couple of years. And I'm sure you don't want to say, well, you know, I'm tired of this color. Let me just get all new appliances. That's a hefty bill. Mm -hmm. So think about it. And like Jan said, cobalt blue is, God, that's been in forever. I mean, that is a color that works with so many other colors. So I can see that. But if you end up with orange, Now, I had a radio show, a real radio show years ago, and I mentioned that I was not a fan of orange, and I had a caller. He called in and started lambasting me because orange was his favorite color. So, you know, if you're out there and you like orange and you're not going to get tired of it, well, go for it. But like Jan said, go for one item that's orange or, you know, pick a color that you feel you've loved for your whole life and you're not going to change. But, no, you know, it's, it's pricey if you start replacing your appliances because you're tired of the color. <laughs> Jan, years, yeah. I can just see, you know, if you do that, you want to be, somebody wants to be at the end um, where you're getting rid of your stuff. Like, oh, you're getting rid of that? I'll take it. Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, I think that's the big steel, thing. You
0: know, yeah. yeah, I'm still liking I think stainless, stainless steel. <laughs> steel. will be it. Yeah. No, there are people who say that, well, there's it uh, has fingerprints. Well, you know, everything has fingerprints, but you can go over that with those special wipes they have for stainless steel. If you're really um, concerned about the fingerprints, you know, have your kids wear gloves. <laughs> can you imagine? Um, No, I'm being funny. I'm sorry about that. But stainless steel is something that is not going to go out of style. And like I said before, you can still mix metals with the stainless appliances. So think about that. Whatever you do in your kitchen, it should be happy. You should walk in this kitchen after remodeling, after spending all that money, and put a smile on your face and say, hey, when I walk in this place, I'm happy. Puts a smile on my
1: face. I love it. Couldn't have said it better. As a
0: designer, we don't want. As a designer, we don't want to hear, "Ooh, we don't like this." After mm-hmm. it's done, and that's why we spend so much time um, explaining to people, not forcing them. And I and I know Jan, you don't either. We don't force anybody with our likes and dislikes. We spend a lot of time trying to pull out from you, the client, what you like and what would work for you for years to come. Hey, on that note, Jan, I am going to hope that everybody did enjoy this show and uh, that they um, can share it with their friends because we have so much information on these podcasts. The last thing you want to do is keep it a secret. So share it with your friends, and if you really feel like, you can subscribe so that as soon as I do a podcast, you get it. If you want to learn more about me, you can go to nancyhugo.com. And if you have any questions for me or for Jan, don't hesitate to email me at nancy at nancyhugo.com. And I just want to do a quick commercial, another one, for my second podcast, Hugo Floss. I do that every week uh, with my nerdy son. We talk about everything but design. So if you're curious about what's on the other end of my day, tune in to hugofloss.com. Jan, thank you so much again. Have a busy week. I know you will. Oh, and yes, stay thank safe, you. everybody, and have a great day. Bye now.
1: Bye, Nance.